0: Hello, my name is Helen Goss and I'm a partner with Boys Turner. This is one of a series of podcasts that focuses on coaching and this episode looks at coaching to support training and whether it's necessary or even desirable to have industry skills whilst coaching. I've been speaking to one of our Boys Turner coaches, Claire Raisin. Claire's been a business coach for five years and before that spent 18 years in the marketing sector in professional service firms. Claire, I know that you do a lot of training and always use coaching to support your training. So I'd be really interested to hear your view about the use of coaching to support training. I know at at Boyce Turner, we run a senior associate assessment program for those senior associates who are looking to partnership. And we found that the learning is most valuable when it's supported by coaching, because people then understand why they're being asked to learn certain pieces of information and how they're going to use it and why it's going to be important and how it's going to benefit them and the organisation. To start off with, what is coaching and then what are the differences between training and coaching?
1: Well thank you for inviting me to talk to you today. Um, I'm excited to be sharing um, some thoughts on coaching which is something that I um, am incredibly passionate about. Coaching and what is coaching is a question that is often asked and it's a difficult one to answer um, because there's no universally accepted definition of coaching and coaching often touches other types of Discipline, so you know there are kind of lines between coaching and mentoring there are lines between coaching and, and teaching uh, you know there are lines between coaching and counselling coaching is is none of those things um and it's often described in terms of what it's not so it's it, the the differences with those things perhaps help people to understand what coaching is so a, a, a top level coaching is empowering others it's providing a space where people can build awareness and self-belief and coaches rely on a series of tools and skills to help the person being coached unlock their potential. It's not mentoring in the sense that mentoring is often one person being directive and sharing their knowledge with someone else. Uh, Coaching is much more about the individual finding their own solutions It's not teaching which often has a set purpose and it's often about one person imparting their knowledge to another. Uh, Coaching is much more about working with the individual to find out uh, what limiting beliefs they might have, um, helping the individual build commitment to um, whatever change it might be that the individual's looking to do. Um, It's not counselling which is much more therapeutic in nature albeit that there are lots of um, psychological um, studies that both coaching and counselling draw on so for me coaching is summed up really well in Whitmore's definition of coaching which is it's unlocking people's potential to maximise their own performance.
0: Um, I just wanted to ask you about coaching accreditation um i do know that there are an awful lot of coaches out there who who don't actually have the full qualification and cre- accreditation and all of our boys turner coaches are fully accredited can you tell me a little bit about accreditation and why that's important and what what it might involve
1: yes so i think one of the difficulties with coaching is that um it's not an industry where you have to be accredited and it's very easy for for someone to call themselves a coach um It's difficult when you're operating in an environment where, as I've just said, coaching is, you know, coaching is is different from mentoring. But actually, there are possibly sometimes some elements of mentoring within coaching. Um, Trainers use coaching skills to get the best out of their students. So it's really important to be accredited because it means that you've got that seal of um, knowledge that the coach that you're working with knows what coaching is, understands the power of coaching And in order to be accredited, you need to tick certain boxes. So um, you need to have signed up to a code of ethics. You need to have uh, done some training yourself. You need to understand what coaching is. You need to have supervision, which is very important. So supervision is where a coach gives themselves the time to reflect on um, their coaching and, and how they can be a better coach. So When you work with an accredited coach rather than someone that happens to have labelled themselves as a coach, but perhaps doesn't have any training behind them, you have a guarantee that who you're working with really um, is going to draw on all of the body of knowledge that exists around coaching and use that to work with you to maximise
0: your potential. So can you just give us a quick example, um, perhaps in the the training and coaching that you do, how coaching does actually supplement or support that training?
1: Sure. So um, I mentioned presentation skills before, and I think it's a really useful one. to understand the difference. When I'm training on presentation skills or how to give a good presentation, there will be lots of things that I will talk to the attendees about. So um, I've you know, mentioned some of them already, how you structure a presentation, or how you give a close, or how you engage your audience. And the way that I use coaching is I will then do one on one coaching with the attendees, and that means that the focus is 100% on them. And each person will be different, and each person will have slightly different concerns around presenting. And what coaching does is it gives The coachee a safe space to explore some of the things that might be getting in their way, and it helps to equip them with tools that they can use to then go away and use all of the things that they've learnt in training. So what coaching does is it brings about behavioural change. It brings about a motivation to act that you wouldn't get um, if you just did a course and and gave some some knowledge to the to the attendees.
0: You very recently volunteered to do some coaching for key workers. How's that going?
1: A lot of people will be surprised to hear that we're doing pro bono coaching for key workers. And it goes back to the importance of being accredited because there's a lot of psychology involved in coaching. And, you know, one of the blurry lines is a blurry line between coaching and mentoring. There's perhaps also a blurry line between coaching and counselling and the difference you know, the fundamental difference between the two is that, you know, the nature of counselling, which is much more therapeutic and deals with much more, um, you know, personal trauma. But I think when you're coaching and, you know, go go back even to presentation skills, oftentimes what you are dealing with is something that is very personal to the individual. And what coaching does is it allows people a space to think and that space to think and that permission to Just sit and talk about yourself and talk about and explore your own beliefs and thoughts is a very powerful thing. And I think the reason why um, the NHS are um, using coaches now is because it gives those really busy professionals time out in their day to, to download, to offload concerns, to share thoughts with someone who isn't going to judge them.
0: Yes, I can completely understand that. And I'm just thinking now how um, this type of coaching is really of relevance to HR teams, managing the remote teams um, working from home who might soon be coming out of lockdown and back into the workplace. So, you know, managing those those who have been furloughed, those who haven't been furloughed, those who are worried about having to get on public transport to, to get to work or who perhaps have been very, very personally um, affected by COVID-19 and perhaps suffered um, a, a tragic event relating um, to it. So, so do, you, do you think that's going to be something that HR teams are going to be looking at?
1: I think they should be. Um, I think one of the things that COVID-19 has, has done is it's helped or forced people to bring their authentic selves to work. Um, So I think lots of people are, you know, that again, the lines between, you know, your business self and your personal self are blurring. And for some that will, you know, that shift back into the working life is going to be difficult. Um, They're going to have to reassume roles that, you know, they've now reshaped. It's going to be difficult for HR teams who are going to have to deal with lots of um, concerns that people will have. Some of those concerns people will be open with and will share. Um, Some people will be less in their nature to share certain things and they might feel uncomfortable sharing it with work. So, you know, there might be people who have been furloughed who perhaps are harbouring some um, thoughts around, you know, why was I chosen when teammates perhaps weren't? Does that mean that my role is less valuable? How do I come back and fit in um, to a team that I once was perfectly happy with and now I've had a gap and I don't know, know how I feel about that? There might be people who have been personally affected by everything. You know, perhaps they've lost loved ones. Perhaps they've, um, you know, had to deal with their own mortality um, and and that's causing them anxiety. So I think before the line between coaching and counselling is a blurry one. Coaching isn't counselling and counselling is a a, um, industry. And I think that, you know, for some people they will need some support they will need some some counselling. But for, for those where perhaps what they need is just some time to reflect, to think, to use some of the new tools that they've kind of built up over this period, you know, what tools can they bring with them to create resilience and to help them slot back into their working day. So I think coaching is one tool that HR teams can tap into that enables employees to have conversations that they might not feel comfortable having with HR or with team members and that will help you know build some awareness and build some self-belief and some reflection that will be really powerful in the months to come which are going to be tricky months
0: yes I think I think that's right so Getting back now to a a sort of a more general look at coaching and training, how do you think that coaching is going to affect or change the learning and development agenda in organisations?
1: I think it already is changing the agenda. So, you know, I said before, I think um, the chalk and talk style of training, you know, has long since gone. And I think that there is an understanding now that coaching or a coaching style is, is a really important way of cementing learning. I think that people now are looking for learning that, you know, goes beyond just, you know, here's a set of slides, read them and go away and do something with them. People want to create change with their learning and development programmes. And I really don't think that there's any way that you can achieve lasting change without coaching.
0: The point that you make about lasting change, that's, that's the thing that strikes a chord with me and coaching um, because sometimes learning can go in one ear and out the, the other, unfortunately, whereas it's that coaching that really embeds that learning into us and, and that allows us to actually use it when a real-life opportunity um, arises. And, I, and to me, that is the, the benefit to an organisation in investing um, at that level would you say that there are other benefits
1: I think when an organization invests in training and coaching together what they're doing is they're empowering and they're motivating their employees so I think there are obviously benefits to the individual who, who's learning something new but also learning something that they can use in in the workplace but obviously for the workplace if you've identified a particular program as being relevant for your employees you know, you want your employees to be able to really take that opportunity by its horns. And you want that opportunity to have a growth mindset and to actually put everything they're learning into practice. So I think the benefit for the organisation is, you know, the return on investment in training will be a lot higher if you're pairing it up with coaching.
0: I think that's absolutely right. Claire, can we turn now to the desirability or otherwise Of having sector or industry knowledge as a coach. Do you have a particular view in relation to that? A
1: purist view of coaching um, is that you don't need to have any particular knowledge of the sector that you're coaching into. You know, you don't need to be um, a marketing um, expert to coach someone who's a head of marketing. Now, to an extent, um, that, that's true, and I think that you know, you know when you are an accredited coach, when you've learnt how uh, how to be a coach, you've learnt the tools and the skills, you, you can coach anybody because it is about the ability to listen to the person in front of you. However, what's also really important is that you can hit the ground running. It's also really important as a coach that you can understand the person in front of you, and it's really important for the coachee to have a rapport and to feel that empathy with the coach. So I think that there are some benefits to understanding the sector that you're coaching into. So, for example, my background is professional services and I, I coach people in that space. And there's a terminology that's that's um, there That, you know, yes, you can reflect back and yes, you can use some of that terminology, but actually using that terminology from the get go um, really gets buy in a lot quicker. I also think that, you know, my style of coaching is one where, you know, if I find that I have some knowledge that's helpful and with the coachee's permission, I will bring some of that into the room. And I think sometimes that's helpful I think you have to be a lot more disciplined as a coach when you have some sector knowledge because the temptation to jump in and, and give an answer or to give a solution is obviously a lot higher if you've got the experience of that sector. But that's where being an accredited coach comes in and, and noticing you know, what you're feeling and noticing those temptations. And as I said, to only bring those into the room where you feel it's appropriate, where you feel it's to the advantage of the coachee um, and where you've got the coaches' permission?
0: I think you're right. there is no right or wrong answer in relation to that. it's It's really perhaps a preference for the corporate client and the individual um, being coached. And just my my last question then is, so what what do you think is more important than having um, industry specific knowledge to make that coaching session go really well?
1: I mean, I think it's important that the coach and the coachee have a level of trust and there's a a degree of rapport. I'm hesitating because actually sometimes coaches that you don't get on with or coaches that challenge you in a way that make you feel uncomfortable um, can be the best coaches. So for me, the most important thing when you are being coached is that you have someone that understands what coaching is And that it's someone who has been trained in coaching. You know, if you're working with someone who has labelled themselves as a coach and has been working as a coach for many, many years, but they've never had any formal training, they don't have supervision, you might be lucky and you might find that they're very, very good. You might find that you end up with someone who's more of a mentor than a coach. You might just not know. So I think for me, the most important thing is to have someone that knows what they're doing. Because coaching is very, very powerful. And I think that people who have got that foundation of understanding of what coaching is, what it isn't, and who have that level of self-awareness of of what makes a good coach, I think that's
0: probably the most important thing. That was business coach Claire Raisin. Please do get in touch with us and share your thoughts and views because we'd really like to create a community of people who are interested in coaching and how it can actually benefit their organisations. The best way to do that is via our website, com. Look out for more podcasts from us on the subject of coaching. And in the meanwhile, thank you so much for listening. Goodbye.